Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 93. We are discussing the Tour Championship, the final tournament of the 2018-19 PGA Tour season, and the Scandinavian invitation on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System, and with me we have Golf Betting System's European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. How's things? We're all right, mate. Very good. good. Very good. I know that we're both looking forward to uh, some time off. Yeah, nice to have a little bit of a break once the uh, the golf dies down a, a little bit. Absolutely, almost. it's quite. It's uh, it, we can recharge those batteries. Saying that, you're still doing your tips on holiday next week, like, as I did in Devon a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, we'll have the uh, we'll have the European Masters tips out next week um, on Monday, early Tuesday. Depends if I can drag myself away from the beach long enough to uh, get out you'll, Monday afternoon. But you'll be supping we'll at sangria, wouldn't you? Yeah, there might be a bit fuzzy the tips next week, but we'll see. Likely, we likely be more accurate as well. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> GolfBettingSystem.co.uk is our website, naturally available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. We're almost at 5,000. I think we're at 4,992 on the last look. So uh, <laughs> if you're out there and you're listening, you're on, if you're out there you're listening, you're on Facebook, come and join the group. Um, Paul is available on Twitter at Golf Betting. I'm available at Bamford Golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I have just released the Tour Championship show. Uh, I'll put a link in the description box to that. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, Buzzsprout and YouTube. Plus a myriad of different po- uh, pod channels. Now, we're asking you for a couple of things. Uh, please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. Secondly, if you are in the growing band of YouTube listeners, please subscribe and like the show. If you re- if you write, give us a review uh, this week, I will read them out at the start of our next podcast, which will be week after next. Okay. We have no reviews to read, so let's crack on. Let's review last week. It was place-tastic, wasn't it, last mm. week for us? Close but no cigar. Old yeah, Ar- yeah. Arnoose was in the hoose. Uh, and then on my side, we had uh, G- a Gunslinger Tony and uh, Branch Snedeker. <laughs> All each way returns. It's, it's one of those weeks where it... I mean, our 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 noose was clearly the guy that came very very close. I was impressed with him, especially as I I had him. Well, as we know, I actually backed him during the podcast last mm. week. Yeah, yeah, he looked really good, didn't he? I and mean, a good bit play, of a slow yeah. start on Sunday, but um, you know, some players will just collapse from that position once they you know don't get the start they want when they're in contention from the final group. But uh, but he stuck with it and uh, he, he pushed Peters. Down the stretch, didn't he? He gave gave it um, gave it as much as he could. And you know, I said before the event last week and talked about it in the pod that he's one of these players that you you know it surprised no one if he got that win sooner rather than later. And um, you know, that's three runner-up finishes now for the for the Spaniard, and that win is very very close. He's got a lot of game, hasn't he? Got a lot mm. of game indeed. But yeah, a little little disappointing as ever to get a guy who finishes second, but uh, sixty six to one. Each way return was nice, and I've seen a few people who've doubled up um, your selections and mine from an each way double perspective, and 
some of those each way doubles were paying well into the uh, three figures very nice to, to one yeah returns if you doubled up schneds and uh, on else or finnell and on else or both of them if you uh if you followed it to the to the letter so uh so yeah some nice returns there um but uh not quite the win, which is a little disappointing. But perhaps we'll get one this week, Steve. I regret it. Well, I I doubled up um, Kepka and Hovland. That was a disaster. Mm. I know that there were lots and lots and lots of Thomas Hovland doubles out there. Yeah. And Victor let them down. He's still eleven to one this week. Mm. Yeah, he was in the mix the... after the first round as well, wasn't he? Was he, he leading, was. leading or co-leading after the first round over there on the? On the Corn Ferry, but uh, couldn't quite get it done, could he? He's eleven Scotty to one on, at the Boise Open. Mm. Scotty Scheffler at twenty fives, and then we've got the usual crowd: Stefani at thirty threes. Your mate Grayson Murray at forties. That's job done for Scotty Scheffler now, though, isn't it? He doesn't need to do much more than the uh, the playoffs, does he? I'm sure, I think be he already had his card anyway, because yeah, I think he was part of the original twenty five. And from what yeah. I've heard, that's right, because it was the second win of the season yeah. as well, wasn't it? Victor was saying that if effectively if you finish top six in any of the three, you've guaranteed your top twenty five from the playoffs. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll mention a name about that later. One that I've got my eye on for that, because mm. uh, I know Boise has um, some quite strong PGA Tour links into a couple of events that we can mention towards the end of the podcast. Yeah, I, you, you, you've mentioned a few before when you've been talking about. Um... Yes. But you that always PGA forget, didn't events. you? So yeah, you, you, mm. you and I will—you'll be doing your European tour stuff. I'll be doing my PGA tour, and you mentioned, oh well, on the on the junior tour, this course seems to relate, but you never remember it in reverse. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that's worth discussing potentially. But all in all, it was a solid week. You can't complain. Um, I think Arnous is the kind of guy that's clearly going to win at some point on a more open. You know, he feels Portugal Masters-ish, doesn't he, kind of player? That can yeah. Shoot a very low number down at Villamora. It's, it's difficult to pigeonhole him because he got that runner-up yeah. finish at um, Valderrama yeah. as well, didn't he? So, um, you know, there's there's different ways that he can get around a track. So he's he's just a talented lad. He's going he's gonna to win. Once he breaks through, and he's obviously very, very close. Um, he's, he's clearly... Gonna, he's going to win quite the, a few, I think. Yeah, he's clearly of the ilk where potentially an elite kind of golfer that could go quite a long way in the game rather than mm. oh he's you know he's a flat track bully or yeah. you know he's a linksy type kind of player interesting yeah. yeah it's nice to see a bit of versatility already without, without him having uh, you know shown too much of his hand so far so one to watch definitely i think over the They're next certainly producing few some high quality or high grade players in in Spain over recent mm. um years and months. I mean, we don't just talk about John Rahm, but you, you know, you've got Campillo, that's a decent standard. Yeah. Arnous has come to the party. Otegi is a decent enough player, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it gives, gives the uh, Spanish followers something to uh, to cheer about for sure. But uh, yeah, all, all trying to aspire to uh, to John Rahm's lofty position in the world rankings at the moment. I'll tell you what else entered my mind this morning. I mean, you look you look at Medina last week, that was over seven thousand six hundred yards, wasn't it? Yeah. And they shot twenty five under. Yeah, mad. Just goes to prove that lengthening the golf course doesn't do anything in terms of scores, reducing no. them. No. It's the only way you can reduce scores is to create deep rough 
and firm greens. Yeah. And if the wind is blowing, they're the three constituents to scoring, aren't they, effectively? Yeah, it needs to be a bit more of a test from tee to green, doesn't it, to, uh, to, to bring the scores down to a manageable level. Clearly, just throwing yardage at it isn't, uh, no. isn't doing the business. And the PGA Tour don't worry about it at the end of the day. It's you know, it's their mantra, isn't it? Mm. They want they want birdies. So I think it'll be a little bit of a sterner test this week at East Lake. It tends yeah, yeah. to be. But I thought I thought it was interesting with JT. He just took control of that tournament on the Saturday, didn't he? With that ten under sixty one. I think yeah. when he's in full flow, I think I think JT is of, of that highest grade. Where once he gets into a winning position, you just know he converts. And it, that was his tenth PGA Tour title. Yeah. Now, yeah, bear in mind, he only, he, he only came on tour in fourteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, you, 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 picked, you picked up on him quite early on in his kind of formative events as well. I remember, I remember him missing out. Was it was it River Highlands? He came very close to winning. Yeah, it was time. also one at uh, the the desert, the old um, career builder. Yeah, but back then it was interesting listening to the commentary back then um, on Sky that you know he he basically it was all it was flat out golf. He, mm. he couldn't aim for middle, but now you just see him. Yeah, he, he can just close, can't he? All of a sudden, he's he's taking three woods off tees. He's positioning the ball. Um, he's 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 hitting it twenty twenty five feet from the pin in the centre of the green. He knows, and then he's you know he's saying to the opposition, "Well, if you can manage three birdies over the last three um, holes, we'll go in a playoff." Yeah, good I'm answer. I'm just going to sit here and not make no mistakes. Mm. That and that's how you convert PGA to a titles, isn't it? Down the stretch, get yourself in a position. And on, you know, if you can get yourself into a into a reasonable two three shot lead, you can play defense. How many times? I mean, compare that to John Rahm the previous week. Yep. Two shots ahead with Patrick Reed, and all of a sudden Rahm starting to uh, it's Bogey City. Yeah, you need a different. You need to have that different gear or that different um, the ability to change your approach to. To, to manage the game, don't you? you manage the tournament at certain points. And if you can't deviate from that single approach of, you know, must attack, must attack, then it can backfire on you. It did with John, didn't it? I know it was that par three that killed him effectively because three part there and, uh, and then you start on that slippery slope down. But uh, didn't uh, didn't look like it from JT. He was uh, in consummate control, really, wasn't it? And having yeah. backed him, you know, you've been on him recently. I've been on him recently, and um, we both left him alone last week, which is bloody typical, wasn't it? But uh, plenty on him by by the, the noise from uh, oh, yeah. social media over the last couple of days. Congrats to all backers. It, mm. it was it was a well deserved victory. Um, the BMW was the cutoff for the eight automatic spots on the President Cup. So, yep. from a US perspective, uh, the qualifiers are Kepka, JT jumped to two, Dustin Johnson, who's horribly out of form, mm. Patrick Cantley jumped from eight to four. That sh- that showed a lot of moral fibre, you know. Mm. Cantley could have just sat there, couldn't he, in eighth place, and all of a sudden, Finau's off to a fantastic start, um, and he could have just kind of collapsed. Yep. But he just went... I think they were in the same group as well, weren't they? And they just went shot for shot, effectively. Cantley jumped from eight to four. A very impressive performance, I thought, from Patrick. Mm. Uh, five Xander, six Webb, seven Kuchar, who is horribly out of form again. And eight, and 
got him by the skin of his teeth because Tony Finau needed sole third and got fourth, Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau's lost the plot completely. And for yeah. all of these Twitter videos and whatever, Instagram, it's saying he's not bothered by all of this slow, that clearly has completely yeah, rattled him. It's, it's, it's very difficult to put everything out of your mind, isn't it? Especially as a young young man. you know, A more experienced guy might be able to... Uh, might be able to weather it a little bit easier, but um, he's still young and he's obviously a very deep thinker as well. And um, yeah, I, it's, it's difficult just to brush these things off, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think there's a whole brand that's been built around it as well, isn't there, over in the States. On the yeah. international side, Mark Leishman at one, Hideki at two, Louis at three, Adam Scott four, Abraham Answer with that um, Northern Trust second place jump to five. So he's, he's in. How Tong Lee at six. Hasn't done a lot recently, has he, How Tom? No, he had a good start to the season, didn't he? Good early season, spring, yep. early summer, but um, been a bit, bit quieter since. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing him potentially find some form in the build-up. Don't forget, we're looking at December here. Yep. CT Pan at seven, so well done to CT, and Cameron Smith at eight. So if we're looking in the US, Tony Finau, Gary Woodland, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed, they are the four spots beneath DeChambeau as it stands. Mm. Bearing in mind, Tiger Woods is going to have to make a pick after the HSBC. Also bearing in mind, of course, that he's outside the automatics and so is his old friend Phil Mickelson. Yeah. So, you know, there could be a situation there where, oh, well, Phil and Tiger are automatic uh, selections. So you could be picking two out of Finau, Woodland, Fowler, Reed, and anyone else that finds them for. Kevin Kisner being to, another one of them. Do you think he goes down that route? Well, I can't see him picking Phil unless he miraculously improves his form over the next, uh, it, next few weeks. This is where potentially, especially with team golf, with the President's Cup, Ryder Cup, um, the Americans clearly get a, a stab out, a stab at it each year. Mm. In a way, you almost want someone in overall overarching control that can pull strategy together. But if you're continually building sides around Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, that doesn't develop the side moving forward when you've no. got young and outstanding talent coming through. Yeah, yep. you know, surely Finau deserves a spot. Bearing in mind that he's had two great major performances in a couple of you know runners up at Colonial, played well last week. Woodland's a major champion. You'd assume that he has to go in. Ricky Fowler, Pat, I mean Patrick Reed won a couple of weeks ago. I mean these these are t- players that are in re you know in the main part with Finau and Reed in good form. Fowler's he was was he fifth at the Open the other day? Finished ninth or twelfth last week. He's he's not exactly playing bad golf. No, no. Um, Tiger showed some decent enough form yesterday, um, but he. The trouble with Tiger is he just can't play enough competitive golf. It puts Tiger in an interesting scenario if you think it through. Because where is he going to play between now and the HSBC champions? Yeah, it's not going to be much, is it? It's, uh, he's, I don't know, the conditions have got to be right for him, haven't they? And uh, he's clearly got to be warmed up and um, you know prepared properly to actually perform well. And we've seen when he's gone into a tournament when he's been cold, effectively, and he's, he's mm. just bombed. So... Yeah, I can't. Does Tiger pick himself? I can't. No, I don't. I don't know. It's he wants be interesting. to. He keeps talking about the fact that he wants to to qualify and get himself in the team. Mm. Whether he picks it, but to pick yourself, surely you need to be playing golf 
across yeah. this now this new full series. Yeah. You know, it's not the full series, but it's the start of like next year, the the wraparound. But mm-hmm. he needs to be playing some golf, so that means that he needs to go to somewhere like a, a Las. Well, he does like Las Vegas, a, 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 apparently, but um, he needs to actually go there and play some golf. Mm. Um, he needs to play golf before to get some results, doesn't he? To be able to legit, legitimately say, "Look, I'm in half decent nick. I'm yeah. the Masters champion. Yeah, I'm in." And people go, hey, "That's fine." Um, we've also got a couple. You know, you look at the um, international. Jason Day hasn't qualified. Yeah, you yeah. got Jazz Jane Watanand, who's been playing some outstanding golf and not touched any of the main tours. Uh, so for him to come even close to qualifying has, sh- has shown how well he's been playing over mm. in Asia. You've got the prestig- you know, the amazing talent that is Sung Jae-im that's in his rookie season in the United States qualifying for the Tour Championship. That is not an easy thing to do, as we know. Uh, Xander did it a couple of years ago and went on to win the Tour Championship. Mm. Um, and you've also got Justin Harding at 12. You know, some good players. And then you've got the likes of Benny Ann and Siwoo Kim. Corey Connors, who's qualified for the Tour Championship, he hasn't qualified automatically. So, no. you know, on the other foot, there's there's some there's some tough decisions there to be made by Ernie Els. Yeah, like Jason Day, you'd struggle He'll to see him. Picked, not won't be, he? yeah, He'll get picked, won't he? You'd struggle to see him not make the team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Benny Ann's shown some um, improved form, hasn't he, of, of late, so... Perhaps, but as you say, there's, there's time to go yet. So perhaps it's going to come down to uh, to who can put that charge in over the next few weeks and really really make a name for himself. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Benny Ann actually plays some European Tour events. I'd expect him at Wentworth. Yeah, I'd have thought so. A former winner. Uh, Justin sense. Harding's trying to win a t- win a card on the PGA Tour. Um, he's mm. close to getting that from the Corn Ferry. Um, so you might you probably find he's going to be over in the states playing you know the likes of Silverado and um, uh, Greenbrier and these kind of events. Sung Jm, I think he'll get a pick anyway because he's such a prestigious talent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, so th- there's there's some. All I'm suggesting here from a betting perspective is that some of these players are going to have to prove themselves. So they might be worth a follow in terms of your betting. Uh, slips moving forward because some of them will pop up with some good results. That's just imminently going to happen, yeah. Yeah, and the, the cutoffs, the um, WGC, HSBC, yes. you say that's on, that's on that's on both counts as well. Taking mm. for both teams, so yeah, there's plenty of plenty of events in between time, isn't there, for, for punters to get involved in these kind of players, these kind of names that you mentioned there. Right, this tour championship is. Um... It's just a, it's a strange old scenario. <laughs> I've been told not to get down on it, so um, embrace it, Steve. I've embrace got to embrace the change. it. Um, effectively, um, we're already in play, aren't we, on this tournament? So we've already had a round, and Tiger. It's, it was a long, it was a long round of golf. It's been about eleven months, but um, Justin <laughs> Thomas is leading at ten under. Yeah, I suppose that's the best way to look at it, isn't it? Yeah, it's effectively an in-play market, isn't it? I think there's there's no other way to look at it because of the way that the odds have been spread out from a from a winning perspective, at least. Um, a few things just to point out. 
uh, from a bookmaker perspective, Bet Fred are the only bookmaker that have gone five places each way at a 50 odds this week. And they've done it on two markets. They've done it on the overall market, which basically includes this FedEx Cup Strokes Index. Mm. They've also done it on the without the FedEx Cup starting strokes market. So that's in that's a that's a de- decent proposition in my mind because you're yeah, effectively well, earning five places in a thirty-man field. In that's a thirty-man field, of, big chunk of the field that you're covering. Yeah, yeah it's got, got to be said. So uh, Betfred, they've done well there. Congratulations to those. Um, we've been talking about Betfred since probably the spring in terms of the way that they have stepped up to the mark in terms of uh, golf betting. Um, if you come to the website at golfbettingsystem.co.uk. We have a uh, a decent offer with them where it's a bet ten get thirty pounds in free bets plus thirty free spins at their casino, which is available to UK and Northern Ireland listeners. But yeah, Betfred they're not going away in terms of offering some good golf betting value. And this week uh, they're outstanding above the likes of Betfair Sports, Paddy Power, and also Boyles. Um, those firms have gone five places each way, fifty odds on the without market but they haven't in terms of the outright market, the one that includes the strokes index. Have to point out, and bear this in mind, listeners, that a lot of firms are only paying out four places in a 50 odds this week, which is not good. That's naughty, in my opinion. Uh, The standard for this would be four and a quarter. So the, uh, the likes of Bet365, William Hill, Ladbrokes, um, also, Unibet, Coral, they are playing the are paying the industry standard for and a quarter full quarter odds on the place. Mm. Bear bear that in mind. I think four and a fifth um, is that is not a good move by a number of bookmakers. So just look at your bet slip when you're placing your bets this week. Four and a fifth, um, you can get four and a quarter out there. Yeah. Bet Fred five places the extra place and a fifty odds. Yeah, yeah, there's certainly a few of them shaving a little bit of the uh, potential each way returns, aren't they? With that fifth. Now, I, I don't propose to go into this index because you know listeners out there, I'm sure, are, are well versed on what this all means. Effectively, Justin Thomas is on ten understanding on the first tee. Um, there's a host of players that aren't. Uh, there are a host of players that are starting on level par. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten shots to close around East Lake is just not going to happen. No, no. When you've got a now, winning score that's kind of ten, twelve under, then <clears throat> yeah, it's, you, you're not uh, you're not going to shoot twenty two under around East Lake to overturn someone. I don't think. No, not going to happen. Um, from some work that I did, I, if, if I if I could actually find it, oh here we go. I'd read it out to you. All I did, I. I I looked at the previous two years, 18 and 17, and what would have happened if they'd have been playing this system, which is all kind of well and good, but there's the mental aspect of it, and it doesn't, it can't link 100%. No. But Tiger Woods won last year at 11 under. He beat Billy Horschel by two shots. Horschel was nine under. Uh, DJ at seven, and then we had Matsuama, Rose, and Simpson at six under par. Bearing in mind that was five shots back of the leader, yeah? Mm-hmm. If if the system had been in play last year, Justin Rose would have won at fourteen under. 
because he was um, he would have started at eight under par. So eight under plus six under would have been fourteen under par. Yeah, which yeah. would have meant that Tiger Woods, Billy Horschel, and Dustin Johnson would have all tied for second spot. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind that Tiger was starting at two under, Horschel at four under, and DJ at six under. And this is the whole thing. It completely changes the dynamics of the golf tournament. Previous year, Xander, the X-Man, won at 100 to 1. He started, he would have started, though, at level par. Yeah? Yeah. Because he was 26th in the standings. Justin Thomas, on the other hand, was second in the FedEx Cup. He shot 11 under par, so just one shot back of Xander. So if we re, you know, reconfigure, Justin Thomas would have won at 19 under par, and I can so see that happening again this week. It's untrue. Mm. Um, I, I think Thomas could win this at a, a canter, because if I'm looking at Patrick Cantley and Brooks Kepka at the moment, and Patrick Reed, his nearest challengers, I can put big question marks against all three of them. Yeah. Rory McIlroy's five shots back. So for me, Justin Thomas shoots straight 68s. He would effectively win at 18. No one's going to get close to 18 under par. No, no, not a net, net 18, no. I don't see it. Um, so Thomas was first at 19 under. Second would have been Jordan Spieth, who actually finished in uh, tied seventh. At seven under par, he was five back of the leader, Chauvelet, and he was four back of Justin Thomas. But he went in as FedEx Cup number one, and he would have started at ten under. So he would have had a aggregate um, score of 17 under par. So he'd have been too shy of Justin Thomas. Yeah. But that just shows you how um, the new system is going to benefit those guys at the top of the standings. Yeah. So yeah. All, all in all, Thomas would have been first. Spieth would have been second, even though he finished seventh. Uh, Paul Casey would have fi- finished third. He actually finished fifth. And then Chauflay, Kisner, Kepka, and Rahm would have all been tied fourth. Bearing in mind that Kisner actually finished third. But yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of what it is, really. The golf course itself, um, it's a toughie, isn't it, East Lane? Um, it's yeah. long at seventh. They've actually added some length to it over the over the um, prevailing uh, the twelve months since we had the last one. Here. It's seven three four six on the scorecard this year. Yeah, which is for a par seventy. That is uh, long, fairly isn't lengthy, isn't it? Yeah. The two par fives are reachable, especially six, which is five twenty five. That's a must birdie. There's eagles mm. all over that as well. Uh, the eighteenth is at five ninety, so reachable to most of the field or a, a high proportion of, the, especially the bombers. Um, the course, though, is kind of made the par threes here are noticeably difficult. Apart from the second, which is one ninety seven, they're all plus two hundred yards. Mm. Um, we're looking at two thirty five for the ninth. Ouch, two fourteen for the eleventh. And two eleven for the fifteenth, so you know seven eight irons. Um, yeah, no gimmies on it. No par fours. I think we've got four above four hundred and fifty yards. 
But the the golf course to me, the key con, the key things to take note of. Um, T to green this week. I think it's going to play firm. I said that last week, but mm. I think they'd all been out. With, they'd been told to go out with the hoses before the event because <laughs> the actual conditions of the golf course didn't marry up to the amount of rain that they had before the tournament. No, no, no. no. I, I think I think they'd been out there with their hoses and their their the fire brigade might have turned up to soften that golf course up. We want birdies. Mm. I don't think they'll do that at East Lake. I think that the tee to green conditions will be firm. But we're looking at 32 to 33 degree heat here, as we always get in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so they will water the greens. They have to water the greens. It's going to be humid. It's going to be very, very hot. So I think you're going to see firm driving conditions. So you've got very thin fairways here at East Lake. Yeah. And let me just bring that to life for you. Last week at Medina at 300 yards, we were looking at 28-yard width. This week, it actually becomes 25-yard width. Um, also at 325 yards, which now tends to be kind of a landing area, uh, it's 24 yards as opposed to 29 yards. So they were a lot thinner, the fairways, than last week. Yeah. And if you've got firm fairways and you've got bounce and roll, you've got a big danger of tee shots just rolling into very thick rough this week. And whatever you read about this golf course from players here, they say you do not want to be in the rough here because you have no control of your golf ball. Mm -hmm. So for me, this is one of the very rare tests on the on the um, PJ Tour where driving accuracy is actually a big, big plus point. Yeah, and as you said right at the start, that, you know, in terms of bringing you know overall scoring down to you know a, a more sensible level, I guess that's that's how the, the PGA Tour can control it, and that's evident from the from the winning totals that you get round East Lake. Clearly, it's a, a tough track that demands a little bit of control, which I like to see. My only fear here, Paul, is knowing how the PGA work is that they want to potentially create a golf course that is gen going to generate more birdies to even <laughs> to manipulate the show even further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to okay. create more movement in a leaderboard. I hope they don't do that. No, I hope I they haven't got that. the water bowsers out there right now. Yeah, no, I, I hope they don't do that. Because that, uh, that kind of belittles the... the the benefit of getting yourself... And then you've got our new FedEx Cup champion is Justin Thomas with a winning total of 33 under par. <laughs> Hooray! I hope they yeah. don't do that. No. And they, but if this course plays to the conditions it should be playing and the way that it's always been set up, thick rough, we've got Zoysia grass fairways. The old Zoysia grass is back. So think TPC Southwind, think the PGA Championship last year at Bell Reeve, and of course, I'm looking for players that have got a, a bit of a track record on Zoysia Grass, because a lot of players don't get on with it at all. Um, I'm also seeing Mini Verdi Ultra Dwarf putting surfaces, so we're back to Bermuda Greens. If you were, if you were tipping up this week, what would you have done? 
in terms of your tips? Would you have gone in the main market or would you have gone for the 72 hole market? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, I can see the benefit of both to a degree, but like like you've said, in the overall market, Justin Thomas, who's what, nine to four best price? He's a short to two, a little bit. Shoot. There's, there's two to one. Two to one, Alan. You know, that... In multiple bookmakers. Yeah, that, that's that's not a golf betting market. It's, you know, as you said about the start, it's an, it's an in-play market. Um, you could try and dig some value out a bit further down and yep. hope that they can get into a top four position. But, you you know, you, you're potentially just playing for, for a place. You are playing you know, for a place, aren't you? Yeah, so I and I know, I know you've you've gone down a different route with yours. Well, I, I, I think thought I... about splitting up my stakes on one of my players because one of my tips is twenty to one in the seventy-two hole market, and he was up to forty to one in the main market. Yeah, yeah. But then I thought, <laughs> but but he's playing for a place though. Yeah, he's not going to win unless there's an exceptionally <laughs> weird set of circumstances. Yeah, you. you you're saying that he's got to finish four, six. You know, a lot of these players have got to finish four, six, eight shots ahead of the likes of Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantlay and Brooks Kepka to be able to overturn their position, yeah. their their adjusted position, and and win the golf tournament outright. Yeah, I I think the, I, I may have taken a chance on someone that I thought could have seen it as a you know as a real challenge and gone out and, and attacked from behind um but um you know uh, no i i think i think ultimately i'd have gone down the same route as you and i think i'd have gone for the the without the starting positions or start starting score market and uh, and just treated it like a conventional event and uh, you know the player with the best score wins in that market as to how that will actually manifest itself during the event and whether we can see this kind of uh, pseudo leaderboard that sits underneath the adjusted one, and we'll have to we'll have to see. But um, I'm sure someone will keep tally of it somewhere, won't they? I think there are a few there are a few players there who do like the thrill of the chase, don't they? Mm. And like you said, you know, you could see the likes of. Say we've always said about Ricky Fowler, haven't we? I'm just picking out players here, Ricky Fowler. He's absolutely rubbish when he leads. Yeah. But if you actually give him a target, he's not so bad, is he? So there's 66 to 1 out there. Yeah. On an well, each way yeah, punt, yeah. top four, that he can try and get himself into the top four, bearing in mind that he's actually starting Fowler at two under par tied 16th. Yeah. Well, this, so this, this is he going to shoot better than Patrick Reed, who's in fourth, who's at six under? I think he probably will because I don't think Patrick Reed is made for the t- uh, for East Lake. His record here is poor. There are players there towards the top of the leaderboard who will struggle, in my opinion. Mm. I, Fowler is of the of the names. If I were going down that route, he's the kind of player um, for exactly the reasons you just said. He, you know, when he's when he's chasing a lead, you know, with a round or two to go, he's in far. I feel far more comfortable with. Him having, you know, mm. if I've backed him, than seeing him three, four shots ahead, you know, halfway, because he tends to, you know, tread water and then slowly go backwards or quickly go backwards. Um, yeah, there's a few like that. I and mean, the other one would be someone like Xander, who, um, you know, you could see that he may, he may, may kind of approach this as a, as a real challenge, something that he really wants mm. to attack. Yeah. The downside with backing someone like Xander is that 
if he gets to a position where he mentally thinks, well, I'm out of the equation now, I cannot win this, yeah. um, then he takes his foot off the gas. He, he does, you know, yeah. effectively downs tools. So, yeah. you know, you, you could go with someone like Xander, you could go for a win only on that. But, you know, you're talking about him making these shots up on, as I said, the likes of Brooks Kepka, the likes of yeah. Patrick Cantley, the likes of Justin Thomas, who started li- 10 under. Yeah, for listeners, Xander starts at four under, tied sixth with Ram, Kuchar, Simpson, and Answer. But yeah, yeah, if he has a poor first round, shoots 72, mm. Justin Thomas shoots a standard 67, 68, all of a sudden he's nine what? Uh, is it, he's nine. Sh- he'd be 10 shots behind, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the- he, down, he downs tools at that point. Yeah. Sayonara. Can't win it. Give up. Yeah. And yeah, and, and he's he's not out there to battle for a top four finish yeah, to try doesn't, and doesn't return you an each way position because he's not remotely interested in that. He wants to win the golf tournament. He's not wired that way, is he? No. So yeah, I, I did kind of struggle with that outright market, I must say. But um, they're the kind of thought processes I, I I had gone through, but I've not backed anyone outright. The names that jumped out at me that you could angle at would be Showflow. Uh, he's been covered by the bookies. Simpson is a course um, specialist. Um, he's six back. You could easily see him going well. Mm. Um, I think there, there could be an argument there for Fowler. The other one who this golf course is made for is Tommy Fleetwood, and he yeah. starts tied twenty first, one under par, and you can get you can get triple digits on him, hundred to one. Um, I could see Tommy potentially nicking the top. And that that would that would come into play with Betfred with that extra place, the five and the fifth. Yes, this golf course is made for Fleetwood, um, fairways and greens. Um, and you, yeah, he just when you look at him, when I see him on the coverage, he's just the shoulders are down all the time, aren't they? He's not in a, he doesn't look like in a happy spot at the moment, Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's just it's, something a bit, something quite not quite right, I think, with Tommy at the moment. That doesn't mean, but as I said, Eastlake is made for him. Yeah, um, it's just again, it's just mentally, there's a lot of shots for him to make up, isn't there? And that's, that's why you get an hundred to one. What would he be in the normal market? Well, nowhere near uh, hundred to one. Would it? Let's be frank here, Paul. These players from I don't know, well, just anyone really lower down in the rankings, they're just playing for cash. Yeah. And when I think is it eight spots winning a million dollars? Yeah, there's reasons to remain motivated, but you know, in in the main, there must be 25, 27 players in this field out of thirty that have got so much money in the bank already. I wouldn't have thought money overly motivates them, apart from Matt Kuchar. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you know, does money? Does money? Oh, I, I'm really going to go for it because I might be able to get sneak sixth spot and you know get myself two million dollars. I don't know if that motivates someone like a Tommy Fleetwood or a, a Mark Leishman or a Bryson DeChambeau. I don't know. Be, a lot of people out there would say, well, yeah. golfers are businessmen and golfers are mercenaries, so actually the money will motivate. So it's all It'd be fascinating ideas. to listen to some of their um, interviews this week and see what kind of approach they had, particularly when, you know, if they, as you said, if someone starts with a a round of one or two over and it's you know so far back after after 18 holes that it kind of it just negates the tournament from their perspective you know as to what what kind of words 
yeah. you know, what kind of language they use and when they when when they do interview to, to see the Europeans if this works. the Europeans are playing playing for personal pride, aren't they? There's nothing mm. to play for from a team perspective. Yeah. You've then got players that we've already read out names of that are playing for President's Cup spots and the likes, and there's that kind of thing that can spur them on. I know Brant Schnedeker, in all of his interviews that I've been listening to over the last two weeks, he keeps saying, and yeah, I want to make the President's Cup team. Whether he does or not, is, but in his own mind, he wants to play good enough golf where Tiger Woods is going to turn around and say, you're all captain's pit, Brant. Um, and he's the kind of guy that, as we know, that can string together multiple top five finishes when he's playing at the top of his game. Mm. So there are players in that field. Ricky Fowler's another one that's got to prove himself. You know, We've been talking about him. Matsuama, he will want to be playing great golf going into this. You know, there's, there's, there's guys on the President's Cup side, Corey Connors. Again, if you want a golf course that's made for a player, Corey Connors is just Mr. Fairways and Greens, isn't he? Yeah, this yeah. place could be made for him. Um, you've the other is thing about this golf course, though, and we were talking about this off off mic. You have got to have a scrambling game around here. You've got to have the ability to scramble from the rough, mm. because you know I I've, I went through the data, and you even look at someone like Rory McIlroy who won here three years ago. Um, last year, Tiger Woods hit. Two out of three greens, sixty-six percent of greens. So you know he hit forty-eight of seventy-two greens. So his scrambling game must have been absolutely superb to keep the bogeys off the card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Xander yeah. was seventy point eight. You know you're looking at there fifty-one of seventy-two greens. So he's still you know he's off the green over twenty times for his scrambling game to to work. And even going back to Rory McIlroy, the you know the 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 high GIR man that he is, he only hit 56 or 72 greens. So if you're only getting up and down 50% of the time, you're making nine, nine, 10 bogeys around here. You're not winning. Uh, You've got to have an excellent scrambling game for the inevitable, inevitable times on a Donald Ross design where there's so much um, movement in the green, so much cant, so much, uh, you know, front to or back to front greens where you're going to have balls that, Roll off the green surfaces, roll off green complexes. You've got to be able to get up and down. There are a lot of players in this field who do not have that level of short game that I'd be attracted to. No, and they're not going to make 25 birdies to counter those 10 or 12 bogeys, are they? It's, it's not that kind of a track. The so, yeah. likes of Corey Connors, Abraham Anser, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Jason Kokrag, Tony Finau. If you actually look at their season-long scrambling from the rough stats, they're way down. And that, could be, that, that, that could be a problem, yeah? Surprising with Reed because he's normally a very gritty kind of competitor in that respect. But yeah, the other guys, yeah, you can see that, can't you? Yeah, that is a season-long number. It's not a trended mm. number. We need to be yeah. careful here. But yes. Bear that in mind. I've gone for three. Um, I've all gone in the without FedEx Cup starting strokes index. Um, I've gone for Branch Schnedeker, who I think is playing some absolutely fantastic golf. He's a Donald Ross expert. He's also a winner here. Yeah. Um, he won't win any statistical lineup prizes. He never does. But he's not that kind of golfer, is he? Yeah. And that's often why you get good price on Brand. I've got 45 to 1 with Unibet uh, that he can win this golf tournament without the starting strokes index. Yep. 
Yeah. I don't think that's a bad bet at all. No, no, I like that. Uh, I think the most impressive performance I saw last week was Hideki, well, apart from Thomas, clearly, and Patrick Cantley, was Hideki Matsuama. I don't like Hideki on Bermuda, if I'm being absolutely brutally honest. But around here, um, it's a bit of a cathedral to ball striking. We know that he can scramble. Um, we know that he he just had a little bit more Hideki look about him last week. Uh, yeah, he just yeah, looked yeah. more comfortable. He had a little bit of bounce in his stride. Um, they were pure bent grass greens last week. We know that's where he comes to town. But you actually look at Hideki. He he won the Hero World Challenge in uh, at Albany on Bermuda grass greens. He's got some uh, victories in Japan on Bermuda grass, mm. and two of his um, wins, the two wins that he's had at Scottsdale, they, they are base Bermuda grass greens that have just been overseeded. Yeah. So he's not completely alien to Bermuda grass. Um, if this was bent grass as it used to be, I'd be you know he would f- prefer the golf course a lot more. Thing you say about Hideki as well, his results here are decent. Twelfth, fifth, and fourth over the last three appearances. Clearly yeah. getting his head around the golf course. Yeah, um, clearly playing some cracking golf. Cracking Two golf. rounds of sixty-three last week, wasn't there? In, in that, he's got to so go in, hasn't he? Stick out like a sword. Now, thing. I did think about backing him forty to one in the overall market, but again, I think you're paying for a place. Yeah. The one danger here, as well here, is, and it's worth thinking of in this market. Clearly, it's a um, it's a non-physical leaderboard. So we could have dead heat rules because clearly yeah. there isn't going to be a playoff <laughs> in this no. in this format of betting. No, no. How are we going to keep track of the leaderboard? That's the other question. <laughs> Can't um, you come yeah. up with some spreadsheet that you can plumb <laughs> over to me? I'm sure someone somewhere will be doing it. Twitter's going to be a fantastic source of this, uh, yeah. this secondary leaderboard, isn't it? So Matsuama, Snedeker, and finally, if you're looking for someone that's hitting tons of greens, tons of fairways at the moment, who loves Bermuda grass, and who's got nice, um, gravitating, positive form, Kevin Kisner's a must-back as well. Mm. I managed to get 60-1 to about him yesterday with Unibet. So four places, the full quarter odds, both on him and Snedeker and with Coral. Uh, on the Matsuama bet, four places and a quarter of the odds. Mm. Um, I just think Kisner didn't play here last year, played here the year before, finished third. His form into that third place finish behind Xander Chauvelet was 54 57 across the playoffs. He was nowhere. Arrived back on Bermuda grass in the state where he was educated as a University of Georgia guy. Yeah. yeah. And also yeah. he was playing great golf again. I can see Kisner going very, very well. We just know he's a Bermuda monster, isn't he? He just absolutely yeah. loves it. And he, he, he as well as Snedeker <clears throat> and Matsuama, because he's got those fourth and they can they can cope with his Zoysia grass. Zoysia yeah. grass, in my mind, the way it's always been explained is the ball sits up. It kind of holds the ball up. Yeah, promotes the flies, I think, doesn't it? Well, yes, it does promote flyers. Um, the actual uh, rough itself isn't zoysia. It's um, it's a pretty standard um, mix of Bermuda grass, mm. um, but it's so thick. Yeah. Uh, the the actual rough is Tiffway Bermuda grass. They say it's play it's two and a half inches, but it is thick Bermuda. Yeah. yeah. 
So Kisner, he can hit plenty of fairways and greens. Matsuama drove the ball very nicely last week. Great scrambling game, high GIR guy. And Snedeker, who's actually been hitting tons and tons of fairways recently, which is the reason I've really thrown him in. He'll, he'll never win a GIR contest, but by God, his putting and his scrambling is phenomenal. And he knows where to miss greens. Yeah, yeah, and I think in the context, I mean, Schneider's the only one I've backed in, and for the whole event actually in that market. Um, and I think you're right. I think he's hitting lots of fairways, but the fact that you know, if he if he goes around and he he does hit his typical 70 percent of greens, you know, sixty six, whatever the number is, mm-hmm. he is that kind of player who's capable of getting up and down, making those clutch par putts or birdie putts when he needs to and compiling the right kind of score I, I think that's for me that's the better of the week um, for for that market is, is Brand Schneidekamp um, he's also a Ross specialist better. isn't he just yeah. loves Ross golf courses yeah no, I like that a lot I don't think this is also the, this isn't the golf course that you can brutally overpower mm. now we saw last week a golf course that you could brutally overpower yeah yeah it was just it was effectively just Bomber City, wasn't it, last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not Eastlake. Bomber, East, East Bomber City, game. right? Mm. Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantley, Hideki Matsuama, Tony Finau, John Rahm. They were the top five last week, yeah? Mm. Bombers, just brutal. And then you had Branch Snedeker sitting there in fifth spot. And then the next player below that, who you could say, well, actually, he's not a pure bomber also, was Kevin Kisner. Mm-hmm on a 7,600-yard golf course. So yeah. I think those two are in such good nick, this this course is going to suit them far, far more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that. For players out there that are sweet on Patrick Cantlay, I couldn't go near him on the basis that his driving accuracy and the way that he's playing his golf at the moment is kind of atypical Patrick Cantlay. Normally, he's, he's kind of very steady, high GIR, but at the moment... He isn't hitting fairways. He doesn't hit a huge amount of greens, but his putting in his short game is just absolutely phenomenal. And I think around Eastlake, you're going to get caught out. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure about Cantlay. The one, there's going to be a couple in that top five that will find it all far too much. And DeChambeau did the same last year. DeChambeau kind of was leading and just did nothing. Um, I think Cantley. Don't know. I'm not sure about Patrick, especially at the prices. One thing I will say about Patrick, he can scramble. So, don't know. Maybe he, he, he turns JT over. That's where I'm at with that. It's um, it's just a learning process. I think, in a way, it's almost from a betting perspective. I used to struggle to get more than two bets off here, just because it's a thirty-man field and the prices are so short. At least when you've got the likes of Matsuama, Snedeker and Kisner arriving with a mental space that they've got no chance of winning the tournament, I think they're the sort that will just plumb along, play some good golf, and in a 72-hole kind of format will surprise, you know, will actually shoot some very nice scores. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see the logic. Right, European tour time. Mm. Scandinavian invitation. Now, Indeed. this is the old Nordia Masters tournament, and they're playing the same course that they played in 2018, if I'm right, yeah? Yeah, yeah, the Hills Golf and Country Club. Well, it was the Golf and Country Club. It's now the Golf and Sports Club. It's clearly, oh, Sports um, Club? Yeah, clearly. Maybe some, we should some, go there. <laughs> clearly some technical change to the uh, 
we can we convention. can play some darts and have a sauna afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah. whether there's a dartboard in said sports club might be uh, uh, well remains to be seen. But yes, you're right. It's the it, they've effectively renamed it. It's the Nordea Masters. Um, they've clearly lost the title sponsor, so it's now the Scandinavian Invitation. It's still one and a half million euro prize. Um, and for all intents and purposes, as you were, it's just a slightly different name um, to last year. As you just said, we're back to the Hills Golf and Sports Club for the second year they played it last year. In the past, it's flitted between the likes of um, Brohoff Slot and PGA Sweden over the last few years. But clearly, we've got a little bit to work on um, from last year's event. Um, other than that, that's the only really tangible course form and history that you'll find out there there was a there was a, a little um challenge tour event played back in 2008 but in terms of the players here this week that's pretty inconsequential so bear in mind if you're looking at the course or the event history stats last year is the only one of main relevance and um, the rest of it's just padding really and um, the field um top ends half decent you've got henrik stenson leading the way eight to one for the former open champion Matt Fitzpatrick, who's won this event um, on a different track at 9-1. to Alex Noren, who's been showing a little bit of uh, improved form recently. He's had a yeah, stinking year. Yeah, we mentioned him a couple of podcasts it? ago, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, he's had a stinking year, really, but, um, but showed a bit of the You don't have him at 11-1, though, do you? No, um, not, not overly, I must say. Um, again, he's won this event twice. He's clearly not worried about uh, winning um, in his homeland, but, um, but uh, yeah, it's... For his, he needs to continue that upward trend of his form, which um, remains to be seen. Eric Van Royen is short as twelve to one, and um, it's a little bit of sixteens out there. But um, you know, given what we've seen with Eric, and you know, he's clearly a talented lad. Clearly, he's well capable of um, contending in golf tournaments. But when push comes to shove, he just doesn't progress, does he? No. And like last week again, you know, he was in another good position to, to make an assault on that title and I think he shot 71 in the final round. You're not going to win a golf tournament by plodding along in the final round. It's, it's a shame. He's like, he's like he's a PGA to a Gary Woodland, isn't he? That went so long and kept kind of getting there and falling away. Mm. And now thankfully, you know, Gary's turned it around and won the US Open. He will win tournaments but clearly he's, he's so He's so visually there on leaderboards and never converts that bookmakers just slice his price, don't they? Yeah, they do. And, and to and to an unbackable level, you know, you might yeah. take a chance on him at a fifty to to make a place, but twelve to one, fourteen to one, no, sixteen to one, yeah, it's not not wet in my whistle. One um, week and, he's get, one week he will win, and you'll get and your fourteen will. to yeah. one winner. But yeah. yeah, yeah, and good luck, good luck if you're on him that week because I won't be on him that week. And hmm. um, Andrew Pavan third last week sixth last year so he's the only other player kind of towards the top end of the markets 33 to 1 bar those five so um, decent top end and it kind of quickly starts to thin out further down the course itself opened 2005 um, the brainchild of course architects Arthur Hills and Steve Forrest have created this Hills Golf and Sports Club it's a short track, 6,865 yards. It's listed as this year, par 70. Um, so that's a small adjustment down on last year. Four of the par fours four of the par fours have been slightly reduced in length. So it's down 66 yards. Um, so, yeah, not many of these sub-7,000 yard um, tracks on the European Tour in World Golf anymore, but this is one of them this week. 
Elevation changes across the course do change the yardage and a few of those holes, but even so, it's not, not a long course by any stretch of the imagination. Um, a few trees dotted around, but generally it's exposed wide fairways, large undulating bent grass greens, which tend to be the key to scoring here. It's a second, second shot golf course in my mind. Position yourself off the tee so you can attack the right part of these greens, hit the right part of these greens, and then um, make your putts on these decent but large and undulating bent grass greens. Paul Waring won last year, 14 under, so not a massive birdie fest. Set par 70, it does a three par five, so there are some scoreable holes there. Five par threes, which um, is one of the more critical factors, I think, this week. Mixed conditions last year, so there was a bit of wind, bit of rain, some better um, days and spells within days as well. So when it was good, um, scores out there, 62, 63, a lot of 64s. And when it was tougher, clearly it's, um, it, it brings the scoring up. And this is again atypical of a um, an exposed track. You know, we're not talking about a links track here by any stretch. So I won't I won't kind of correlate it with that. But in terms of characteristics um, and a track that needs a bit of weather to protect it, um, this is that kind of this that kind of course as well. So um, in decent conditions, it's easy. In tough conditions, it's going to be tough. Um, Again, we've got fairly mixed conditions this week coming coming through the forecast. So Thursday and Friday now, it's likely to be um, reasonably wet. Showers um, Thursday afternoon could be the wettest of the lot. Um, Fifteen mile an hour winds at its worst on Thursday, and it starts to starts to ease down as the rest of the, the tournament progresses. By Sunday, it should be nice and calm, sunny. 74 degrees Fahrenheit so the guys who make it through to the weekend are likely to get far more amenable conditions for scoring as the event progresses but yeah survival I guess for the first couple of days I think overall the scoring is probably likely to be slightly deeper than last year given the decent forecast over the weekend but um, I don't think it's going to be a birdie fest for the first couple of days I think it's going to be fair. When, I, wa- when I watched this last year I got a real Scottish feel to it Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. It reminded me a little of what you would get at, say, a Loch Lomond or a, mm. um, a Glen Eagles. Yeah, yeah. No, shorter, shorter golf courses, I understand that. Yeah, you've definitely got that, that Scotland fir tree, pine trees feel. Yeah, yeah. The grasses will be wide. exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bent grass green. So, the, you know, the Northern European guys will feel really quite at home in it, particularly, you know, with those kind of changeable. You know, almost Scottish, British, you know, Northern European kind of Irish um, weather conditions as well. So, yeah, I can see the logic there, definitely. Um, Paul Waring won 125 to 1 last year. The year before, uh, Renato Paratori won 150 to 1 on a different track. Both of them are tall maidens. So, um, there's, there's a bit of a case to be made for players breaking through here, I think. Um, before that, Matt Fitzpatrick 40 to 1, Alex Noren 20 to 1 the year before. Uh, Tong Chai Jai D won at 66 to 1. And then you go back to the likes of Mick O'Rillan and I picked up at 35 to 1. Lee Westwood at 6 to 1. I had him the year before as well. Had a decent run in this event going back historically. 2011, Alex Noren again. And then 2010, Richard S. Johnson. The first time they played it at Brohoff slot, I believe, back in the day. Um, de- decent mix of prices there. You know, some longer prices, some shorter prices. But as I said, last two winners. 
have been maidens on the European tour. So, you know, mixed bag, I guess. Um, last year, looking at the stats, length, as you'd expect, really, on a 6,000, you know, sub-7,000 course. Um, length, not really a major issue. Fairways are relatively easy to hit. If you look at the stats, a lot of players were finishing with very similar driving accuracy stats in the kind of 60s and 70s, which tells you a story when you see any stats like that to, that suggest that, you know, everyone's finding the same fairways, they're missing the same fairways, but finding the same ones relatively wide. And it's more about how you perform with your irons, hitting the right part of greens. If you miss the greens here, they are big. If you miss the greens, then, then scrambling is quite tough because they are big, they are undulating. So you're going to be playing quite a hefty... Um, recovery shot to try and get yourself into uh, onto, onto the greens, you know, a pitch or a, a bump and run or something. And scrambling, therefore, is not particularly straightforward. And um, one thing that did stick out last year, it's got five par threes. Par three scoring is fairly important, I think. Waring, Paul Waring, led the field last year at six under par for the par, par threes on the week. So players who are striking their irons well, scoring well on the par threes. Bit of strategy from off the tee. I don't think you're going to need to take um, driver on a lot of these holes. So those players who do struggle for accuracy are going to have a little bit of a reprieve here. They can take a club that's less than driver, find the right part of the fairway, and then use their second shot and putting prowess to get themselves around this particular course. Um, and that kind of leads me to my headline this week. I've backed five players overall. Um, but at the top of the shop, I've gone for Robert McIntyre, the talented Scott, who I think that kind of definition that I've gone through here, someone who is not necessarily the most um, accurate from off the tee, but given that he can club down a lot of these holes, um, yeah. he's got a great wedge game, he's got a great recovery game, he's got a great short game as well. And I think he can make his score... Um, um, yeah, on and around the greens or from the second shot in um, this week. Um, again, looking at the last couple of players, there were tour maidens. Here's another one of these players. You know, you, you can make a case for a number of players who you think are going to break through quite quickly. And we talked about Arnaus last week. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise when Arnaus gets over the line. It won't surprise me or anyone, I don't think, when McIntyre gets his first win, which is coming, I think. He won on the Minotaur, Minotaur, Minotaur? Minotaur. Minotaur. He won on the Small Tour on his, <laughs> on his yeah. second second start as a pro going back a couple of years ago. Two runner-up finishes at the Challenge Tour last year and runner-up at both the British Masters this year and the Maid in Denmark. But um, he really made his name at the Open, didn't he? Sixth place finish. You know, that was his major debut as well. That's an impressive, impressive major debut. Um, for any player um, and it seems to prefer these kind of exposed tracks that require a little bit more strat strategy a little bit more creativity yeah 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 and he really the boy can putt last well. week wasn't going to be his bag was it no I don't think so because he had to use driver far too often and um, he scraped the cut on the number and um, decent enough uh, weekend by you know, managing his game around there he wasn't particularly good from off the tee um, but um, you know, again, if he's second shot and in, or his recovery shots and in, good. And um, finished twenty third after overall. And this, I think, will suit him far, far better. If he's performing like that and he's finishing twenty third on a track that really isn't his game, then I think this will suit mm. and give him a far more 
um, a far more chance of actually progressing. And I can the boy's going to win. The boy's going to win. He's, he's, he's that good. He is going to win. Um, because we've only had a year's worth of course history here as well, he's nowhere near the level of disadvantage as he is on some tracks who, you know, some of these players have played them year in, year out. So I think he goes there with a level of, you know, a level playing field in that respect or a more level playing field and a game that could, uh, that can, you could really turn on to this, I think. Um, so yeah, he was 35 to 1. There's still a little bit of 35 to 1 out there with seven places right now. So uh, I thought that was well worth taking. A similar kind of price, Thomas Detry. Um, we saw Thomas Peters win last week. Thomas Detry was his World Cup winning teammate from last year. And perhaps that will give him a nice little bounce coming into this week. Um, he hasn't won at this level yet, but clearly he's one of these. Again, a player who is well capable of getting over the line, I think. He won on the Challenge Tour by 12 shots at the Bridgestone Challenge a couple of years back. Clearly he's tasted a bit of success at the World Cup with with Thomas Peters. Um, 13th here last year. It was only his second round. He shot 66, 72, 68, 67. So it was only that second round that stopped him progressing further and, and giving himself another real stab at uh, winning that first uh, European Tour title. Fourth for Greens regulation on the week last year. So clearly got on with it well. And incoming form has been reasonably good. Five top 15 finishes in the last 12 starts. He's been showing those kind of small flashes of form, which are, are good to see without really troubling the um, scorers. So Valder Armory had some decent, a couple of decent rounds there. Ireland, Scotland, both a couple of really prominent rounds without getting um, right to the top of the leaderboard. Um, 12 from the tour for par three scoring. It's also a stat that I like this week for Thomas Detry. Three longer prices to finish. Um, Benjamin Herbert. Um, and it's again, you know, the same, same thing really. Another one of these players who I think could easily break through on any given week. And what we've seen with Herbert in the past is that his form, his best form comes in very short, sharp patches. So he won three times on the Challenge Tour in 2011 from five starts. He won three times again on the Challenge Tour in 2014 in the space of eight starts. So these kind of top level or these top performances in that in, in that respect come very, very quickly. Two playoff de defeats in his last eight starts on the European Tour. He's clearly stepped up a level, clearly getting very, very close. And that Scottish Open loss um, to Bernd Fiesberger, the putt that he missed in the playoff, you know, that's going to hurt. But um, you know, sometimes these players come back stronger. And I thought 75 to 1 for a player who's been... Very close, knocking on the door for the last uh, last couple of months. I thought that was well worth taking on. 24th here last year, um, three rounds of 67 with that. Again, it was just that one errant round that stopped him really getting into the mix. And eighth for putting here last year. So, likes the putting surfaces. He's been striking his irons well. Fifth for Greens regulation at Scottish and Irish Open the last few weeks. There's lots to like about Benjamin Hebert, the Frenchman at 75 to 1. A couple of three-figure shots to finish there. Matthew Southgate, um, 100 to 1. Uh, inconsistent sort, isn't he? Southgate, I, I back him quite a lot because I like him as a player. I think he's the things you can pick out in his game that really point you towards certain types of track. And I think he'll get on with this one. Um, certainly did last year, finished 10th. Um, some signs in his long game that um, he's getting back to form. He go back, he finished top 10 Belgium and Denmark earlier in the year. I really fancied him to go well in the um, the link swing that immediately followed that because that's really his bag. And he missed four cuts on the trot, which was a bit 
unfathomable really. But um, he topped uh, the field for driving actually last week, top 10 for both total driving and ball striking. Finished 30th, so slightly under the radar, hence the price. But 10th there last year, that was his second best putting performance of the entire calendar year when he came here 12 months ago. So clearly gets on with the... um, clearly gets on with the putting surfaces he's found his driver once again and um, we know he's a very high greens regulation player when he gets his uh, game going as well so if he ties it all together this week i think he can go well he's four under for the par threes last week that was second in the field and only one player beat him in terms of the short holes which i think will be pretty critical this week since there are 20 of them to tackle over the course of four rounds um, which leads me on nicely to my final pick is the player that did top the par three scoring on the week, which is Masahiro Kawamura, the Japanese guy. 18th last week overall. And I think you need to temper that with the fact that he, he started the event three over par for the first nine holes. He finished the event three over par for the final nine holes. So he finished 18th overall. He had an absolute cracking of 54 holes bang in the middle. If he can just iron out his start and iron out his finish, then... Uh, for 125 to one shot, I think he's worth a stab. Um, as I say, he topped the field for par three scoring last week. He's won on the Asian Tour in the past. He, he won a fairly decent event with some of, some of the you know two or three decent European Tour winners behind him, the likes of uh, Wei Yang, the likes of uh, Wen Chong Liang as well behind him. And um, interestingly, he was 18th the week before that as well. So maybe some happy coincidence next week when we uh, when we look at the numbers. Um, it's finished runner-up five more times in Japan since. He was second to Steve Gallagher in India earlier this year, sixth at the Trophy Hassan Dirt in Morocco. Um, interestingly, Paul Waring, that was his best finish of the year at, uh, at in Morocco before he came and won this. 12 months ago so perhaps there's a perhaps there's a little bit of a tie-in with those two tracks as well and um, so yeah i got lots to like with him 65 on saturday as well was the tied best round of the day so there's lots of little snippets of form and for a 125 to one shot um seven places each way i got in yesterday i thought that was well worth taking on but yeah they're by five and hopefully, one of them can uh, go a step further than Mr. Adrian Alst did last week. With any luck. Mm, yeah. Our noose in the hoose. Mm. Do you know what? Paul Waring finished 10th and 6th at Glen Eagles. Mm. There you go. Back in 2012 and 2013. Your, your eyes don't deceive you, Steve. Well, he also played well at Hillside, didn't he? Because mm. isn't Hillside his local club in Southport? Yeah, yeah, and I think in terms of kind of correlating it, and I said I don't want to, I don't want to get heavily hung up with the links angle here because it's not a links track. But I think in terms of the style of shots that you're going to need to play on some of the holes, and you know the exposed nature of it, the fact that it is wind dependent in terms of the scoring, I think there are some correlations there. So, so yeah, I, I, I think the uh, the British Masters is a fair barometer, and again that bodes well for um, for Bobby McIntyre, who finished second there earlier this yeah. uh, this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back McIntyre. I do like your McIntyre too. Mm. There's one that pops out at me as well, Eduardo Molinari. Yeah, he keeps getting decent starts, doesn't he, without finishing them off. But he's he's close, isn't he? Again, there's, if you, if there is a link here with um, with mm. the the tracks in Morocco, then again, you know, he's, he's a winner in Morocco. 
Uh, well, he's also like... he, he's also a winner at Loch Lomond yeah, and yeah, also yeah. at Glen Eagles in Scotland. Yeah. Both. Yeah, he liked, and he, he topped the greens track. in regulation last week, fourth for driving accuracy. Yeah, he, he yeah. just seems to need to be he, getting over this mental. I mean, he's had a ninth at the Irish Open, third at the BMW International Open, so he's he's clearly been in um, you know high levels on leaderboards. It's just getting a course and a situation that suits him. I reckon this is going to be perfect for him. Yeah, he feels to me more like a first-round leader bet. I mean, we need to see where he gets in terms of the um, in terms of the draw because there could be a draw bias for Thursday, particularly with the, the rain coming in and also the windier part of the day, which looks right now to be slightly more towards the afternoon. So I'd need to see his tea time before taking a plunge on that. But he does, he, he has been starting his events well and it's just he's just been not finishing them off, which uh, he'll get over that at some point. And, yeah. You know, as you say, there's, there's some ties in there. I think in terms of Morocco, again, going back to that point, um, both uh, Waring, uh, Waring had finished third at, at Morocco prior to his effort last year before winning this. Also, Thomas Aiken, who finished, um, he was in the playoff with uh, Waring last year. He's also finished third back in Morocco uh, back in the day. So, you know, again, it's either just a happy coincidence or there are some yeah. similarities that you can draw, some form lines you can draw between I think there's, two there's the, they're the two I'm going to back. McIntyre and Molinari. I might also take a little, as you said, look at the old... Um, Forecast. See if Molinari is on the in a, in a, mm. on a good side of the draw. Yeah, I mean, he's looking at it right now. If he goes out, you know, one of the first uh, first few groups, he may well be worth a punt on that. So. Is there well, anything in Aaron Rye week after itis? <sighs> Fairways and greens, probably. Monster. Yeah. Again, he he was good from 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 tee to green last week, wasn't he? He was kind of top three or thereabouts on both he's counts. Putting at yeah. two point five. Yeah, I, I. I Kind of prefer him for next week, I must say, and um, you know, famous last words. But um, we'll see. It, yeah, it would be just just typical if he were to pop in. But so he was shortlisted. Yeah, I, you know, just push comes to shove. You have to make some tough decisions, you do. don't you? Oh, fantastic. I do. I remember um, it was a good tournament this one last year, and mm, I, yeah. I do remember Thomas Aiken. Um, it looked like he was going to win for a long period, isn't it? And as we know, he's just a gir grinder, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and and occasionally the putter works for him. Yeah. So uh, I can see that that kind of player winning this again potentially. Someone. Yeah. That's, someone that they don't have to be. You know, they don't have to be topping the European Tour GIR list. But interesting, McIntyre's in the top thirty on GIR. But I could see him. Someone with a bit of imagination, or definitely someone like a um, a Molinari getting involved this week. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Thank Plenty you of angles. for your uh, uh, good luck for your uh, your tips this week. Clearly. Yeah, you too, Steve. Yeah, uh, hopefully finish the PGA Tour season off with a uh, mm. with a decent result. With any It'd be luck. nice, wouldn't it? Mm. And then we can Indeed. crack on with the uh, rest of the year. I've got some thoughts already bubbling up about who I might be uh, tipping up at the, the first couple of events next year. Good. Which is actually in two weeks' time. <laughs> um, that's that's podcast ninety three in the rearview mirror. Uh, thanks to you, Paul, for your time. Thanks to you, the listeners, for your continued support. We will see you again in. Is it going to be a fortnight or three weeks? Um, we 
I, I, I can do one the following week. We'll, we'll work it through. There's not another PGA Tour event, is there? So, um, no. maybe a couple of weeks. So, we might just do that. a European Tour show the week after. Yeah? Could be a short and sweet one the week after. It won't, yeah. won't be one next week, but potentially no, no, one no. the week after. Brilliant. Thanks for your time. See you again soon.